right, folks, before we get into the main thing today, I want to let you know that this particular episode of the Oil & Gas Tech Podcast is made possible by our friends at Hexagon, especially the Asset Lifecycle Intelligence Division at Hexagon, where they are doing amazing things to modernize that part of the business that we usually call enterprise asset management. Now, the best way to learn more about this is you go to Hexagon ppm.com hexagonppm.com click on the link or tap if you happen to be on your mobile device that says solutions and you'll see uh, you, you'll immediately see everything that they're about empowered engineer connected worker digital fabricator confident startup enterprise project i mean the list it's a whole digital twins it's all in there operational twins have a look at what hexagon is doing in enterprise asset management hexagonppm.com All right, folks, it has been a little while since you, uh, since you get to hear me all by myself here on the microphone. I know that. Uh, and I know that uh, that's good news for some, for some people. And, uh, but, but, I, but I, know, uh, I know there are still a few people out there who uh, appreciate the musings. So uh, here we go. And uh, I should also comment that... Um, I'm a little, I'm a little behind, uh, a little behind the curve here because it, it's been, uh, you know, you know how sometimes you have a lot of things going on, and so most of the uh, the episodes that you've heard the last several were, I, I think most of them were rec- recorded a while back, you know, a couple of months ago. Uh, I recorded uh, several episodes oh, very quickly. Um, and uh, I'm trying to think of what they, <laughs> what they were, but I know, I know the most recent one with Kay, uh, with Kay Sutter, and uh, and the other guy whose name is escaping me from, uh, from, uh, from what used to be IHS Market. Now, now they're part part of SAP Global, or it's all it's all one company, I guess. Anyway, there was that one, and there was, yeah. Here, here's the problem: is I'm trying to, uh, I'm trying to pull up podcast app on my trusty iPad Pro and uh, and and I'm trying to do that and talk at this at the same time and I was failing miserably uh, speaking of the trusty iPad Pro I was just uh, let's see when was this this was earlier this week I think it was Monday and uh, Monday I was hanging out with Daniel Gomez who um, has been a uh, part of the, uh, he's been in the OGGN circle now for a while. I know he likes to listen to this show. And uh, Daniel is now over at uh, AWS. And we were hanging out. Uh, we had lunch. We we're hanging out at the AWS office. And I, and he said, he said, oh, that's the famous iPad. And I hadn't really thought about uh, the iPad being famous. But I guess if one of us has to be famous, then it's probably, the iPad probably deserves it, deserves it more. So let's see, what was there? Yeah, there was Kay and, and Nathan, Nathan Amory. Nathan, if you're listening, sorry, I'm sorry, I couldn't remember your name. And uh, and we talked about um, enterprise data management. And then, and then before that was, uh, and some of you are saying, oh, uh, that was a couple weeks ago. Bucko. And let's see. Oh, yeah. Then I was I was at the ATC event with the Delta Tech team, which uh, those guys are always a lot of fun. And uh, Tristan Horn and 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 the guys over there. We got we even had a surprise drop in from some of their um, from some of their uh, customers. And and then back in Ian Dickinson and the the Nobel Prize winning Laser Networks. Now I know that some of you are thinking right now, boy, he is really. 
he's really hurting for material because he's just rehashing. He's just rehashing what he did. But my point is, uh, I recorded a lot of those episodes a while back because I knew that I was going to have a really busy couple of months, and um, and I just I didn't want to I didn't want to get behind. So now I am, you know, I'm kind of catching up, and I'm trying to get my head back in the game on this oil and gas technology business. And you know, it moves quick. You know, you gotta you gotta pay attention to what's happening. And I feel like I'm a little out of touch. So. Um, so I went to the uh, to the trusty iPad Pro and and I just thought this is fun. I'm just gonna I'm just gonna search the interwebs for oil and gas technology and uh, and that's what I have in front of me right now. Uh, not counting the the podcast app scramble that I just did. Uh, so I want to I want to get into that a little bit. Also, there's some other things that I want to tell you about. Uh, let's see. Um, the first is uh, oh yeah 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 so. Now, this is actually unrelated, so unrelated to this particular podcast and OGGM, but because I consider all of my faithful listeners uh, part of the part of the, 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 the family of the, in the podcast world, I, I don't know, what, whatever, something like that, um, I, I want to tell you about a whole, new, a whole new thing, something else that, uh, that I'm working on with some other folks, and in fact, some of the people you know, because uh, because if, if you've ever heard Dan Alford on the show, Dan Alford from Mark Specialties, and uh, um, and uh, also Dan was was on OGGN Unscripted for the eight or eight or ten of you that watched that. Um, Dan and I recently, with a couple of other folks, we we kind of put a new idea together. Yes, also I did. I, I was I was just kind of running up the stairs before. Uh, <laughs> before I sat down to do this, so that's why I'm out of breath. Uh, Dan and I put a new idea together. We got, we pulled in some other folks, and um, uh, and we we started uh, not only a new podcast, but a, new, a whole new network. And and the, and it's got nothing to do with oil and gas. And and of course, I'm still going to be doing the oil and gas tech show. And uh, and I love working with Mark Lacour and the OGGN folks. But I also wanted. You know, we've been talking about needing to get uh, the opportunity to maybe do something outside of oil and gas where we can talk about other things. And we can talk about things in life maybe that aren't, um, not only are not necessarily related to this industry, but maybe are, you know, a little bit more controversial or a little bit more edgy or a little bit more, um, you know, outside of the, the, the boundaries that we, that, we have, uh, that we have here, which make perfect sense. For this format, so so we started this thing called Brain Pub Network, and the whole concept of Brain Pub Network, you can go to brainpubnetwork.com and 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 and, and read about it. Uh, but the idea, just really quickly, I'm just going to tell you really quick, and then you can go find out about it by yourself. But um, Brain Pub is about being able to bring people together and have you know get out of the echo chamber, have like honest, real conversations about what do we think about things and how do we see things, not as pundits and and people who like to uh, pontificate and 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 you know be academic, but as real people living uh, uh, you know real lives and 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 how do we see things? And the idea is with Brain Pub, we can get together um, and we can. Uh, 
we can sit down, we can have a drink together because we record the episodes at the Hat Studio uh, uh, where we now have a fully stocked bar. And so we can have a drink, we can have a conversation, uh, we talk about things that we maybe don't always agree on. However, we can still talk about it and we can still be friends after. So that's the idea of Brain Pub. And the new show that I started that is part of Brain Pub is called Saving the Dream. Saving the Dream is uh, kind of a, it, it kind of harkens to the concept of the American dream. And uh, if you watch, if you watch the show, it's on YouTube, you can find it on YouTube, just look for Brain Pub Network, Saving the Dream. You can also follow it on Apple Podcasts and Spotify and Our Heart Radio and all those things. And if you watch or listen, you'll hear the story of, 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 uh, how I kind of got into this whole notion of let's have a podcast about about the American dream. I, there's already there's already uh, by the time you hear this, there's already been a few episodes put out. Uh, they're they're great. We had some great guests. We had some great conversations. I already have a bunch more coming. So um, so when you're done listening to this, go look for Brain Pub Network. Uh, saving the dream and uh, check it out and let me know what you think and if you have any ideas uh, I am uh, I'm wide open wide open to suggestions all right now back to oil and gas tech Uh, there's okay so there's another thing there's another interesting thing that I want to tell you about Um, um, and this well no I'm gonna I'm gonna get to that later first first let's see so I I did the old uh, the old search here in uh, in the browser, just oil and gas technology. And the first thing, the very first thing that comes up is, uh, what is it? Okay, so from four days ago, four days ago. Now, I will confess that I'm actually, I'm, I'm probably going to publish this episode on the same day that I'm, I'm recording it right now, and uh, which is uh, November, what is this? It's November, it's November 9th. And uh, day after, uh, day after election day, we're all still kind of waiting to See how that how that turned out, but uh, um, and so this is from four days ago, and it's from Forbes, Forbes, technology innovation and adoption in the oil and gas industry. Okay, here we go. Okay. Oops, wait, I got to get through the pop-ups. Just a minute. No, I don't want a subscription. Uh, oh my goodness, I'm gonna have to switch to a different browser because I literally cannot <laughs> see the content. So we head over to the Brave browser. Those of you who, if you've uh, if you're not familiar with the Brave browser, you should check it out because it is and magically I can see the content. All right, technology and innovation. No, excuse me, technology innovation and adoption in the oil and gas industry. Why did it slow? Why did it slow? Uh, and this is uh, written by somebody who's a contributor from Drilling Info. And let's see. Let's see. who uh, Written by Martha Aviles. So let's see what Martha says about why did it slow, as we've discussed before. Now, I... I I promise you, I haven't looked at this yet. This is the first link I clicked on. You're, you're, you're hearing me. Uh, I, this is it. I'm, I'm just looking at it right now. As we've discussed before, well, somebody has discussed this before, evidently. I wasn't part of that conversation. The great crew change is a real concern in the oil and gas industry. Well, I've been hearing that for a long time. I guess, I guess it's time has finally come. Uh, another obvious concern is the slow pace of technology adoption. Yeah, I don't know. Is that is that true? What do you guys think? Is that true? Is is it, has the has the pace of technology adoption slowed down? I feel like this is an article that's like leading the witness. Uh, the oil and gas industry has historically relied upon rudimentary paper based. Te- See, here we go. 
<laughs> here, here we go. Historically relied on rudimentary paper-based technology. How far historically back are we, are we talking about? Are you talking about 50 years ago, 60 years ago? Because we've been using computers for a while. And really had no and had no need to think outside of the box because companies were too busy developing resources and making money. And this is written by somebody. Let's see. No, I don't want to follow. We gotta tell me about this this Martha person. Martha Aviles leads both customer training and product, something around, I don't know, it's, it's hidden behind another box, I can't see it. So this is presumably somebody who is uh, not in the industry, but, in, 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 but uh, well, I don't know. I don't know. It's somebody who's an advocate for the industry, I think, but perhaps she's a little misguided. All right, uh, let's see. Dum -dum 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 -dum. The oil and gas industry has historically relied upon rudimentary paper-based technology and had no need to think outside the box. Hmm. I, I need to find this woman and give her my 100-year lesson of thinking outside the box. But just a year ago, she says, WTI, that's West Texas Intermediate, Inter West, easy for you to say, West Texas Intermediate was over $100 a barrel a year ago? When was this written? Oh, my goodness. <laughs> well, folks, the joke's on me. This was written July 14th, 2015. <laughs> I just thought that because it popped up first that, you know, it was, re <laughs> it was recent. I was thinking like I was looking in the news, you know, like when you, when you search and it gives you the different categories, I was thinking like I was looking in the news, the news section, but this was just a, a, something that popped up. So fine. This are, oh, here, it's telling me right here. This article is more than seven years old. All right, well, this will be fun. Let's go back and look. Seven years ago, 2015, we transport in the time machine back to uh, 2015. Whew, this was not a happy time in the industry. Just a year ago, in 2014, WP, WTI was, <laughs> was WTF. Over $100 a barrel, and since, the, and since the economics worked so well, there was no real push toward finding efficiencies. And in the oil and gas industry, there was no real precedent for updating products and tools when compared to other industries where the pace of technology adoption is widespread. All right. I kind of see where she's coming from. If you're talking about 2015, um, I, you could say, yeah, I, it's not quite right. It's not quite right. Um, but but I see where she's coming from because I've said this before, 2017, you know, after after we, you know, uh, well, the downturn came in 14, 15, and uh, that $100 price sure hit the floor. And, um, but the industry being cyclical, the way the industry has been, um, you know, not, not the first rodeo, most of the industry leaders, they knew what to do, and they used all the usual methods of belt tightening and, and streamlining and efficiency driving and, and using kind of the traditional, what I would call, you've heard me say this before, the mechanical methods. Um, and, uh, um, and, and they figured out how to, how to break even at $50 or whatever it was at the time, $48, $47. Well, it got lower than that, but, but they figured out how to, how to break even there. And, and they thought, okay, we're out of the woods, but the the investment community said not so fast and anyway the rest is history as they say but um 
And that was when we, so by 17, we said, well, okay, uh, now we got to find some other way to make, uh, you know, to have, have better use of capital and be able to pay off some of this debt and, and uh, um, you know, return some money to the shareholders because it turns out they want that. And uh, so that began the, you know, digital transformation in earnest. Not that we weren't doing you know, digital technology before that, because really it's just all about finding new ways to use computers to, to, to do things better. But there was kind of a specific like wave of activity that began then. And it, and it focused a lot on some common themes, which are the themes that we talk about on the show all the time. So I see where she's coming from to say that before this, this, uh, market event, um, there was not as much motivation in particular, aspects of things. Although I don't, I think the way that she describes it as there was no real push forward toward finding efficiencies, no real precedent for updating products and tools. You know, I think that sort of, that kind of betrays her maybe uh, things that she heard versus having actually been involved. But anyway, so uh, Martha, Martha, you're seven years older now. (laughs) Now we all are. And uh, I apologize for, uh, for, uh, um, getting on your case so much, uh, so much, so much harder at the beginning when I thought that this, that you had written this recently. All right. Anyway, there's a bunch more here. And, um, to be honest, I don't, it's probably not that interesting now, uh, that we are not in 2015 any longer. However, here's something that is interesting in the, uh, um, as we think about what, where all this stuff is going now, what's the, we've been at it for a while, this, this digital transformation stuff, all these new technologies. And I had a really interesting conversation, because uh, by the way, next week, um, if you're listening to this, um, you know, pretty, pretty, you know, within the next few days, um, then next week I will be uh, in, in Chicago, where the weather will be much different. The, the mid-November weather in Chicago is not like not like in Houston. Um, and, and I'm not a big fan. However, what I am a fan of is the Rockwell automation fair and uh, our friends at Rockwell, uh, they, they do a great event every year. And of course you might remember I, last year I, I did a, I moderated a panel there and I think I did a, a podcast episode from the, from the hotel. And, uh, so I'm going to be there. I'm going to be up in Chicago this year doing two panels, the chemicals forum and the oil and gas forum. And so, uh, I highly recommend, uh, you know, it's not too late to book a ticket to Chicago, uh, cause it's a great event. Uh, however, in preparation for these panels, I had, uh, I had uh, the privilege of speaking the other day with, uh, Alan, Alan Rentcom, who is the CEO of Sensia. I think I've had the Sensia guys on the show before. It's probably been a while. It's probably been a, a year or two. And Sensia, of course, is the JV between Rockwell and uh, Schlumberger. And uh, it really focuses, uh, it's been around for a couple of years now, I think. And their mission is all about, uh, you know, where where digital and automation kind of come together in the industry. I'm probably not doing that justice, but they do some, they're doing some great stuff. So Alan's observation, he said, was, um, and we'll probably get into this in the panel, but he said, you know, up until now, most of the activity and the innovation and all the, the flurry of excitement 
in uh, in terms of in operational environments and oil and gas and digital and data and analytics and AI and digital twins and all of this stuff that we've been doing. Uh, that most of it has, you know, kind of the the um, the the end destination for a lot of it has been uh, in these dashboards and visualizations and things like that, which are beautiful. No, no question. We've got some beautiful dashboards and visualizations out there. But his point was the business value that you're going to realize is kind of hamstrung. Um, he didn't say hamstrung. That's my, that's my interpretation. But you, you, you can only get so far uh, unless and until you take that and tie it not just to dashboards and visualizations, but all the way back to automation and and we had some discussion about you know what we you know what we used to call automation, well not what we used to call automation, but when we used to think of automation, the kinds of things that we used to do, which were very limit driven, you know, when this thing hits a certain limit, cause something to happen, versus the more intelligent automation that we're trying to do now. But his whole point was all of this, uh, all this activity around data and analytics and insights, and um, it's got to we got to connect it to the automation, which is where things where we cause things to actually happen or not happen. And until we do that, we're really not going to uh, we're not going to see the business value that uh, the the real potential the real potential for business value. So that's something to think about. It's something we can start looking toward and um, uh, and see see who comes to the game um, or who brings, brings game, who's got game. I don't know, whatever, you know, you know what I'm saying? Um, and, and that leads to another thought, another thing. So I'm just sharing, I'm just sharing my recent experiences with you here uh, because I was in another conversation with some other folks uh, the other night. Uh, and, um, and, and somebody asked me, uh, what do you see? Like who in, you know, in Houston and oil and gas, is doing where who's who's innovating the next you know the next he didn't say next big thing but you know the next thing that's gonna like matter and I thought about it for a second and I thought about Alan's comment and and also you know I kind of what Alan was implying when he said that you know working for Sensia which you know is, is the roots in Rockwell and Schlumberger he was kind of saying you know in order to get that level of connecting it to operations and automation and things, you really kind of need to have people who are from the, you know, like, like industry, industry people like the, like the Silicon Valley tech people can go so far. And then, and then the, you know, the industry folks have to take it the rest of the way, which is, is not a, a slight against anybody. It's just that that's, you know, you get deep into the domain at that point and you can't just be an outsider and sort that out. So, uh, so I thought about that and I thought, you know, I think, I think that the people to watch now over the next couple of years, and this is what I said, uh, this, this little happy hour gathering that I was at, I said, you know, I bet, um, if you look at the the big the big industry players, the heavy hitters, right, with the heavy with the heavy equipment, um, you know Rockwell, 
right? Uh, Rockwell, NOV, um, you know, maybe even Honeywell. Uh, I don't know. Um, uh, but, but all of those, you know, Emerson, maybe those guys. And I don't know. I have, to, I have to go and I have to look and see what everybody's up to here lately. But what I do know is that all of those companies, if you go to their websites, they will all have, they will all, uh, um, Anderson Hauser, um, you know, probably some others. They will all have featured prominently and their websites, and if you listen to what their people say in podcasts and, and all that, what 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 features prominently is digital, you know, new digitalization, digital capabilities, like the modern tech stuff. Now, you know, when they first started uh, throwing, you know, kind of putting that, kind of trying to incorporate a lot of that into their brand, a couple, three years ago, most, most people didn't. They're like, yeah, you know, we don't usually think of the 800-pound gorillas as being the innovators because there's all these smaller, newer companies and they're innovating really fast and they're coming up with all this stuff. And to them, the big guys look kind of like, you know, maybe they're tripping over their shoelaces sometimes. So they just can't, they just can't get the momentum. They don't really have. I actually had somebody one time from a, so, from a small software company tell me that big companies do not innovate, which I think is probably not true. Um, but as I was thinking about this, I thought, you know, however, a little bit of tortoise and hare lesson here. Um, uh, so even though it seemed kind of cute a couple of years ago, like, oh, yeah, look at these big companies trying to act like they're digital. They've been working at it and they've been working continuously at it. Siemens is another one that comes to mind. Um, and and these are the people who know the domain and these are the people who know how to actually, uh, Technip FMC, that's another one. Um, these are the people who know how to, uh, how the stuff really works and how to optimize and, and, uh, and automate. And like, when you talk about all the, the intelligence and the insights and the AI and you, and you say, okay, how do I get that? How do I bring that beyond the dashboards and to, and like bring it to life in the, in the, in the real world? Um, these are the folks who know, if anybody knows how to do it, these people know how to do it. And so here's my prediction is that as we watch over the next couple of years, and I could be completely wrong, <laughs> I could be completely wrong about this, but I think I'm right. As we watch over the next couple of years, I think that those are the companies, not, not that all the, not that all the smaller innovators are going to, are going to drop off the face of the world, uh, but uh, they're going to still be there. But I think that the, the, um, the tortoise is catching up. And, and I think that these big companies, now that they've got their digital initiatives far enough down the road, and in some cases they've partnered with some, some younger innovators, uh, think of like Baker Hughes and C3AI, although I think that maybe fell apart. I don't know if that's really, is that still going on? I don't know. I don't know what happened to them. Um, like I said, I need to, I need to, I haven't checked on everybody's progress lately, so I need to do that. But my bet is that these are the people who very soon are going to show up and they're going to own it. And they're going to be the ones who really bring the magic of doing what Alan Rankham said, which is uh, to bring this type of innovative capability into the real concrete world um, and and achieve new levels of, of automation uh, and autonomous operations that and, and of course, there's all sorts of goodness that comes from that everything from 
uh, everything from, uh, you know, uh, from financial benefits to safety and to ESG to whatever. And I think these are the people that are going to show up. I think they're going to own it. And, um, and I think that if you are, if you are one of the smaller companies, one of the, one of the small innovators and you've got some traction and you got a product and it's getting some attention and you got some momentum, you might want to think about, you might just want to think about that and think about who you're going to hit your wagon to and how you're going to, um, how are you going to, if that's how the world materializes in the near future, um, how are you going to maintain your relevance and, and take yourself beyond where you are? Okay, that's all I have to say about that. Uh, what else? What else can I, let's see, where, what are we at here? 26 minutes? Um, I mean, if you're still listening, uh, you know, 26 minutes. Uh, oh, yeah, here we go. Yeah, you may have heard this. Um some of you probably heard recently that there's going to be no more drilling. I was, I was as, <laughs> I was, I was as upset to hear it as everybody else. It's, uh, it's a sad, it's, it's sad. But apparently, apparently, there's going to be no more drilling. Um, there's also going to be no more coal. But uh, we don't really, we don't really care about coal on the show. I mean, we do, I do, I do care about it, but we don't really talk about it. Um, no more, no, there's, there's no more drilling. So all of you uh, who have been. Uh, working on all these uh, drilling, you know, you know, drilling automation and, uh, you know, Corva and all the people with all the, and, and I'm trying to think of some others, so I don't only say Corva, but that's the first one that came to mind. Well, and all the, all the, you know, NOV and Schlumberger and all, they've all got their drilling on it. Anyway, all of you drilling innovation, no, drilling, <laughs> drilling innovators, all of you drilling innovators, <sighs> sorry to say it, but uh, there's not going to be there's not be, going to be any more drilling, according to uh, according to what we what we heard our president say on the news recently. Now, uh, fortunately, fortunately, and by our president, I mean in, in the U.S. Although I'm sure most of the world heard that. Uh, fortunately, most of us, I think, um, are smart enough to do the math and figure out that nah, that might not be exactly true, but. Um, it does make you scratch your head a little bit. I will say this: um, if you are uh, uh, don't don't lose heart. If you're working on on drilling innovations, keep at it because I I think I think it's going to be needed, and it only helps. And, and all the things that people are concerned about uh, uh, these these new drilling innovations uh, and and everything else, not just drilling, you know, you know, production and operations and everything else. Um, and it all helps. It all helps. So don't so don't believe what you hear in the news. <laughs> I don't think it's going to stop anytime soon. And uh, keep doing what you're doing. All right. I think that's going to wrap it up. I'm I'm pretty much killed a half an hour here. Um. And uh. And like I said, I'm just I'm just catching up. I I was I know I know I had episodes coming out, but mentally I was a little out of pocket. You know, working on some other things. Uh. For instance, Brain Pub Network and Saving the Dreams. So uh. Y- 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 it's it's um. It's easy to find. Just go to YouTube, go to go to Apple Podcasts, go to Spotify, go to whatever you want. Um, the video is good. You get to see us talk in the studio. Um, but, you know, if you're driving or snowboarding or kayaking, you might not want to watch the video. So, you know, if, if you're... Or if you're like painting the house or cleaning out the gutters or rolling downhill, you probably want to listen to the audio audio version, which is which is also just as good. But the video, uh, you know, or or maybe watch the video for a few minutes uh, so that you kind of get a feel for who the people are, and then you know finish listening to the rest on your uh, 
on your AirPods. Uh, but check it out. Uh, and and I'm always I'm always open to uh, comments. You can find me on LinkedIn. I'm easy to find on LinkedIn. And uh, feel free to like send comments, suggestions, ideas. Uh, same thing goes for OGGN. And uh, you might, oh, this is what I also need to tell you about. OGGN recently lost, lost, <laughs> launched, OGGN recently launched uh, several new shows, several new podcasts. Uh, uh, Delfina Govai is hosting the revived uh, version of the ESG podcast, which used to be called Only Gas Elevate, and now is called ESG Energized. And uh, so she's got that one going. She's already had some great episodes, some great uh, feedback. We also have, what else? Oh, we got Mark Stansberry, the legend, the man, the legend, Mark Stansberry, has a podcast called The Energy Fellows. And I'm just going to leave you with that because... That sounds pretty interesting. You should check out the Energy Fellows. We're talking about we're talking about seasoned vets there who have really good insights and really smart opinions and good stories as well. What else? Okay, now that I said those two, I got to think of the other ones so I don't leave anybody out. Um, oh, and uh, Elena Melkert. Am I remembering? Elena, if you're listening, I'm sorry if I didn't get your last name right, but she has revived Justin Gauthier's old show, which used to be called Oil & Gas what did it? Be? It was called Oil and Gas Onshore. It is now Oil and Gas Upstream, which is what it should have been called the whole time. And Elena has got that going. Uh, some fantastic uh, get all all this launched back in October. Elena's already got some great guests and some good stuff out there. And who else am? Oh, and the Energy Workforce for tomorrow, which is hosted by uh, several of our friends from my from IBM, and um, and it's dealing with you know the whole like future workforce. Uh, to be honest, I haven't really listened to that one yet, so I, I hear it's good. So you should check it out. There, all you can find them all on the OGGN website. You know, you go to the website, you find the show, and then you link out to whatever platform you want. If you're already on Apple Podcasts, you can find them on the channel. That's it. That's all I'm going to say today. And and I and starting starting with the next episode, uh, we got we got a new round of guests coming. We got lots of new stuff happening. So uh, don't, uh, or at least that's what I'm told. So so don't uh, don't go anywhere. At, well, you no, you know what you should do right now is you should go listen to Saving the Dream on Brain Pub, and then come back here because we're going to have uh, some more stuff happening. All right, folks, that's it. Uh, thanks to everybody uh, for listening, and thanks to uh, the OGGN crew, and most especially my audio fixer guy, Mr. Mac Roman, who always makes us sound fantastic. Oh, yeah, this is the part where I used to say the thing about uh, we were tech before tech was cool. Mm-hmm.